Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 0800 Let's go! Good evening, this is Paul Cooney with John Hartson, the Celtic legend, and Mark Guidi, Scotland's top pundit here. Two nights running by overwhelming public demand. Well, the budget was down so we could get Mark back in. Well, it's well into the month. We're saving up for Christmas. Six sleeps to go. But 11 sleeps to go to the big one. Celtic against Rangers, December 30th at Celtic Park. John, since we last saw you, the first trophy of the season is gone and it's gone to your old rivals, Rangers. And I know you'd want to say well done to Philippe Clement and the team from the south side. Yes, um, you know, uh, Mr Clement, I think, I think he's, he's made a big impact since he's been at the club. I think the players, are they look like a different bunch of players, don't mm. they? The, the way they were playing and they're... Uh, under Beal, um, I think they're playing for each other. They're playing with a lot of confidence. And when you get into that winning habit, which they've got into, um, you know, trophies will come. So, you know, it's fantastic for him to have been at the club for so little time and to have had the big impact that he has. Um, you know, I, I remember over the years, you know, you, you've got to win that first trophy if you want to go on and, and, and win, you know, win the league and, and, and obviously, you know, potentially the treble and things like this. We've got to win that first cup, you know, which comes around um, around about the, um, you know, the December, January time every year. So, yeah, fair play to them. It was a good win. Um, I didn't think much of the game. I watched the game. It was a bit, bit sure. end-to-end, yeah. not an awful lot of quality. But again, it's that man Tavernier got himself in the yeah. right place and got the winning goal. Incredible goal record. Back page of the paper today, Mark, as you know, I'm going to win the title, says Philippe Clement. He's not saying when, but the title race is on. Five points in it. Rangers could make that two tomorrow night. Yeah, um, it's it's a good position for Rangers to be in, Paul, when you consider where Rangers were when Philippe Clement came in around about the middle of October, then the, the transformation so quickly uh, has been a credit to him and to his staff, uh, don't forget, and for the players uh, for buying into it. They've, they've, They've ticked the boxes that they need to tick so far, but it's a long way to go, Paul. They've still to show that they can be be champions. The, that that group of players, that manager, um, but they're certainly heading in the right direction. But we'll have a very clear picture of where things stand uh, on January second when we when we stop for the winter break on Saturday. Celtic play Livingston. That'll be game number nineteen, halfway stage, and they need to go and uh, win that game to keep the pressure on Rangers. I expect Rangers to win uh, tomorrow night, and uh, it could well be that we see. Uh, a change at the top of the table uh, by the time we're in 2024 Let's hear from Philippe Clement speaking today ahead of the game tomorrow night with St Johnson and he was reflecting on Sunday night celebrations Good but uh, in a controlled way so it was interesting to see also but uh, that's good to see also that uh, the players didn't forget there's a game on Wednesday also they enjoyed it it was really fun for me also to see them in that way to see them with their families also and it was the first time. So, uh, no, it was, a, it was a really good evening. John, you've experienced so much success in your career. How much of a taste for that do you get on your first win of a big trophy? 
Well, it's huge. It's huge for Philip Clement. You know, we, we spoke about Ange, Ange Postacoglu. Um, I think that was his first trophy yeah. at Celtic. And, you know, uh, the players would have got a huge lift. I think the fans then... You know they they can they can dream then they can they can have a bit of belief in terms of what what's coming next, and I would imagine the Rangers fans are thinking exactly the same. They've been so impressed with uh, with Philippe Clement. Um, he's on a great run of, of winning games. Um, he's got the players really playing for him, giving him everything, and that's what the best managers do. They they get the players on side. They know how to speak to the players in terms of lift them up or give them a rollicking or give put an arm round their shoulder. So he's obviously got that gift in terms of, and I know it's early, but he's made a, a really big impact. And that and that first trophy can give you a lot of impetus and a lot of confidence going into the back end of the season. John Harson, you mentioned a word there, belief, which the manager was asked about. That's something that was said about this squad over the last couple of years. Do they have belief in themselves? That's a question because I, I, I have had this question already a few times last couple of days. Uh, if this team doesn't have belief, they wouldn't have done those things last week. So the belief is there. Um, there's no doubt about that. But it's about uh, giving confirmation every time and, and keeping that belief and keeping our standards and raising our standards and being ambitious and being hungry. It's about that. But without belief, you cannot win in Betis and you cannot win uh, this cup final. So belief was there. We didn't need a cup final for that. Across the city, of course, the day before Celtic went in on the back of a poor game the week before, losing for the first time in the league, losing at Kilmarnock, and then Hearts and losing 2-0. This is what Brendan Rodgers said afterwards. Well, firstly, I want to apologise to the, the support base because um, I don't think I've ever had to, to do that with regards to performance, but today they, they deserve that. You know, you're, you're mid-December, you get 60-odd thousand here, and the lack of desire and passion to... and, and what was what was just really really poor um, so I think it's and it wasn't the whole team you know Callum McGregor was absolutely brilliant today trying to drive the team on um, one or two others but um, but I think the biggest aspect of it is just that consistency and mentality you know we we, we won a game during the week um, we, we played some really good football at times this season but there's a there's a mentality that uh you need to have consistently and uh, sadly we, we didn't have that from the off Mark what have you been thinking since you were on the show last night in your contribution the papers today for example Keith Jackson the record saying well it's the headline I'm not saying he wrote this Celts in a mess only a cash splash can fix it yeah they need to go and spend money Paul and spend it wisely uh, and um, bring in quality like, like the manager's been saying for months now since the window closed um, he needs quality players Um and I said it in the show last night, Paul, perhaps Brendan Rodgers was too passive during the summer window, just kind of went with the flow and, and inherited a lot of uh, deals. Um, but this time he can't afford to do that because the deals between the recruitment department, it's not been good enough. Not by his standards, not by the standards that Celtic want. Not if you're a Celtic supporter and you've been asked to pay 140 quid for your, your three Champions League games again to go and watch players that are not up to, to, to that level, the greatest respect them. So it's a big window for Celtic next month, Paul. It's a big window for Rangers too. Don't forget, because come May, it's the richest prize in Scottish football history. If you win the title, the, the money on offer for being into the Champions League is scary by Scottish standards. Absolutely scary. I think it's a 25% increase in what they're used to. So it's, you know, you're talking 
well over 30 million 40 million quid so it's mm. a lot a lot of money and um, that's why next month both clubs need to get it spot on Wow, that would be 37.5 million. Just worked it out, Mark. Because Celtic netted 29.7, 30 million from this campaign. How big a part in it? I'm just listening to you, Mark, there carefully. Obviously, injuries has been part of the story. I suppose Brendan Rodgers and the football department must have thought they didn't think they'd lose Hatati and so many players that they have in Maeda. Well, so many of them. John, what's your thought about your old club? Last week on the programme, you said some of the players weren't giving you what you would expect no I don't think I think some of the players think that they're better than what they are I, I think when you come to Celtic you know sometimes there's an element of players thinking well I'm in the door I'm at Celtic I'm at a huge club and there's um, there's a feeling of some of them are, are coasting along thinking well somebody will come and, and produce a little bit of magic somebody will produce a great goal rather than going to make it happen almost waiting for it to happen and I think the manager as well is the manager doing enough to um to to get the best out of the out of the hand he was given in terms of the players um because we can always blame the players and say you know the players are not up to it they're not up to scratch and also the performances Paul the performances this season have been nowhere near you know they've been nowhere near they go out to the the cup early on to Kilmarnock then they draw three games then against the likes of Motherwell Hibs and St Johnson Games that Celtic should be winning, um, especially two of them were at home, Motherwell and St. Johnson. Mm-hmm. And then to lose again to Kilmarnock at the same park, going in 1-0 up at half-time, Celtic should be coming out and, and, and blitzing Kilmarnock away. Yeah, give Kilmarnock a little bit of credit. They had a real go in the second half. But the defence that day for Celtic was all over the place. You know, And then to go and win, to look to bounce back after a really poor performance in the second half in particular, they go and get beat at home. So the performances are nowhere near at the level. And, and as I said, I think Brendan Rodgers must take a little bit of the blame in terms of, the you know, there's no doubt that he prepares them properly, but are the players taken on board his instructions when he wants them to play a certain way? Are they good enough to take on instructions? For me, I think there's several players there that are not good enough actually to keep going on this particular run and even when people were saying well they haven't been beat you know they 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 they've drawn a couple of games they they've, they've been playing here they've been playing in 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 winning games losing games drawing games but for me I don't think the football's been great it's hard to see what the pattern is you think about Bernardo comes in for Champions League then goes back out Mikey Johnson he's not going to be there is he in oh. the future but they persist with him what do you think? Why is he playing some of these players so often? Some of it is out of necessity. I think that's it, Paul. Okay. I think you've answered it. It's, out of, it's yes. out of necessity. And some of the players that aren't get a game clearly aren't good enough. Um, you know, I mean, I think there's. I think we could all say six or seven players um, that Celtic could, could get rid of that's probably about 100 grand a week. Paul, I did see in this programme about three weeks ago that it was felt inside Celtic Park. Uh, by the people who matter in terms of people who know the football mm-hmm. that Lagerbielka is not up to it yeah. I said that three weeks ago um, on here and you know they'll, they'll probably look to, to for offers for him um, next month but there's a few you know there's just dead wood sitting there Paul and that's what the manager needs to do is to try and if you can I said last night the priority is to get the three of the four players in the door that he wants the icing on the cake is if he can get as much of the dead wood out the door as possible as well but if you can't and they've got to go away and, 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 and train on their own or do what you need to do, then fine. But you can't have them as part of the group. You've got to go and work with 2022 20, players because there's no doubt about it, Paul, there's a title race on. 
after yeah. the January split we've got a title race in this country which is great absolutely great but for Celtic um, given where they were two months ago they shouldn't be in the position they are now Here's a bit more from Brendan Rodgers after the defeat to Hearts no, Listen you do your talking on the pitch and uh, and today was on on myself and, and the players You uh, today was nowhere near the level of a Celtic player and uh, and that's something that that falls on me. So I need to uh, to find the answers for this uh, for this group. And uh, like I say, it's um, it's trying to ensure we we can gain that consistency in the team. Alexandro Bernabe, one of the players, I would imagine both of you feel he hasn't really contributed. Uh, he could be on his way in January. There's interest interest in the 24 year old Argentinian. He cost about three and a half million. That's a lot of money, John, isn't it? There was 20 yeah. million spent in the summer. A lot of people are questioning now. What's going wrong there, if it is going wrong, with uh, the Celtic signings? Yeah, well, they haven't been good enough, have they? They really haven't been good enough. You know, a couple of seasons ago when he brought in the likes of Abada, Jota, Kyogo, um, uh, Hetati, Carter Vickers. No, that was a brilliant, brilliant yeah. window. You don't always get it right, mm. but um, you, you've got a shop in... In, in certain markets, in terms of it's almost like Celtic said at the start of the season to the recruitment, right, we've got 20 million to spend and they haven't brought in the, you know, the, the, the talent that that should be brought into a club like Celtic. And as I said, some of them, you know, they're just not good enough. They just, they just can't produce it every single week like you need to do at Celtic. And it's good to see Brendan Rodgers there just taking some responsibility. He said it's on him. Um, he's only got this group of players to work with and I think he's he's already admitted there that he should be getting more out of these players because he's the one who picks a team he's the one who trains them every day everybody keeps saying he's a great coach he improves players at this moment in time you know you go back down the last time that Celtic was here fantastic football at this moment in time um, they just don't look uh, too, as, as fluent as they should be for me. What are you thinking, Celtic fans? Rangers fans, what are you feeling? 0808 17 17 700. Craig Moore was with us last night. Tonight is John Hartson along with Mark Guidi and myself, Paul Cooney. Who's going to be the manager of the year? I'm not asking you just now, it's far too early, but whoever's going to be the manager of the year, it's not going to be Derek Adams, is it? After his scathing attack on Scottish football, well, it's what he felt on Saturday night. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Brendan Rodgers or Philippe Clement? Because the answer and who wins the title will probably be who's the manager of the year. Yeah. I would say the that's manager, good, the manager good of the year. Good guess that, Paul. Yeah, good guess. Indeed, that's <laughs> well. <yeah. laughs> if you look domestically with the big two, Derek McInnes. Um, All right. yeah. But at the moment, Paul, I, I, I would vote Steve Clark, Scotland of manager. Of course, yeah. Oh, so you're taking so. this year. I was thinking about the title race is on. It really is. But yeah, if the year twenty twenty tends to be whoever yeah, wins the, sure. the the title. But then if there's a if there's a manager from one of yeah. the other ten clubs. Oh. That, that really overachieves like Steve Clark with Kilmarnock four or five years ago mm. um, then you can you can see it but, it, but it'll be a, a tight uh, it'll be a tight one for sure Has anybody um, have, ever won the manager of the Euro without winning the, the, the Scottish question. Premiership? Good question there's the former president of the yeah, Scottish Steve, Football Steve, Rangers Steve Clark yes. a couple of times mixed with Pat Alainen mm. when he was at Kilmarnock um, did he win it? Yeah. Won it? Yeah, wow. certainly won the football writers. Yeah. I'm actually in favour of that. Yeah. I'm actually in yeah. favour of that because yeah. you look at Celtic or Rangers. Whoever wins the mm. league, they generally got all the best okay. players. Yeah. They've yeah. got the biggest budget, the biggest crowd, the biggest support, and then somebody from another club comes up and does remarkably well, gets his club into Europe, 
then I'm all for that. I'm all yeah. for a manager to be recognised and given the award sometimes out with, you know, the big two. Isn't it funny how football can change so quickly and Celtic are still top of the table. A lot of Celtic fans are on saying, let's not forget that. There's five points in it. Rangers play one of the two games in hand tomorrow night and then they both play at the weekend. And then... How many days' time? Say 11, 11 days 11, 11. Celtic against Rangers. And there's a bit of a rammy going on about tickets again. So there's going to be no Rangers fans in the ground and Rangers are not happy about it. And Celtic have got a response, which I'll tell you about in a few moments. The saying it's about safety at the ground. We will talk about that. It goes on and on. But we heard there from Brendan Rodgers, sounding a bit down, as you would expect. Two defeats in a row hasn't happened for a long, long time in the league. And remember, Celtic played so well against Feyenoord just well, less than a week ago. But then Sunday, big triumph for Philip Clement. No, it wasn't a great game, but the record book shows that the uh, via play, the League Cup, was won by Rangers. What's that doing for him, for his players? When I came into the building, the confidence was not there. But I saw what I saw in the games and, and the first days in training. I think every experience makes you stronger. The strongest teams I played in were teams that were two, three years together. And those were teams who had a lot of experience together. Good, but also bad, because you you not only become stronger out of good experiences, also out of bad experience if you take the right conclusions together. Every experience with this group will make it stronger. And of course, winning in Seville, winning a cup, winning the first silverware, proving a lot of things that had been said uh, not so long time ago about these players, uh, that it was wrong. So they need to continue doing that and keeping this hunger. If they keep the hunger, if they keep the collectivity also, if they keep this solidarity that it's not important to start or not to start, that they understand that story. And it's not about them, but about the team then we were going to make an amazing season. The moment players start to think about themselves and putting themselves out of the collective, it will be more difficult. But then, uh, then we're going to speak with them. It's going to happen. Eh? I'm, not, uh, I'm not naive. And I know if there's success, there are also a lot of people around the players who are influential or try to be, become influential more and more. Yeah. Then we, make, we have to make it clear that it's about the collective. And if the collective is good, then the individual is also good because it works like that in a, in a team sport. Mark, what do you make of the comments of the Rangers manager after the win? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, keeping his feet in the ground, he's given a bit of insight um, as to the situation that he inherited and, and, and what he had to do in, you know, nine or ten weeks. Um, and, yeah, and it's just, I think it's also a message to his players, we've had a really good week, but we need to keep it going. Don't get carried away with yourself. Don't think all of a sudden that, you know, one of you might think you're a superstar. It's all about the team and, and keeping your feet in the ground. And I think that's one thing about Philippe Clement, Paul, when you listen to him uh, every week. And, and I know from talking to people at the club, he does not stand for any nonsense. He does mm. not stand for people stepping out of line. He, does not, he doesn't tolerate egos. He is very much all about the team and people being together and working hard together. As you know, he's vowed to win the title. Is he being clever? Is it a poker game when he says, uh, but be patient? He's not saying it's immediately. Mm. He's not saying, because Rangers could go top of the table if they win their two games in hand, yep. you know, early in the new year. So what do you think was your judgment having watched, watched football managers for many years? I think what what he'll think is he's, he's got a right good chance. Um, uh, he'll feel good about the place. But Paul, next month is massive. The transfer window is absolutely massive. Now, financially, Celtic have got the muscle to, on paper, go and blitz Rangers. Absolutely go and blitz them away in terms of the financial muscle. Um, 
but it doesn't always work like that. So it's how creative Rangers can be, what kind of funds are going to be there um, for, for uh, Philippe Clement, what can he go and do, what does he think um, he needs. Um, for Celtic, I said three, four weeks ago, wouldn't surprise me to see the club, Brendan Rodgers, bring in three players around about the £20 million mark collectively. That's what he's looking to do. John, 10 minutes ago, mentioned two players, Cameron Cartler Vickers and Jota. They cost £6 million, £7 million each. That's what you get when you shop in that kind of market. And you don't always get it right. You can still, there can be failures at that kind of price bracket. But rather than all these guys, you know, seven or eight of them turning up at two million quid each, not good enough, not for what you want to go and do, not for what you're ans- ans- asking the fans to put their hands in their pockets month after month. Go and get some proper players. The manager has made it clear what he needs and he should not be defied. You've got to back your manager. Otherwise, A, there's no point in having him and B, you may end up losing him. He's walked before. He would do it again. John? Well, talking about Clement initially, yeah. um, he's done a really good job. There's no going away from that. Since he's come in, um, he's set out to the players what he needs um, from them, what, what he's asking from them. He wants discipline. He wants hard work. He wants commitment. He's certainly got that with the run of games that they've been on. They've showed good spirit. They've come back from being behind late in games so they've obviously got that spirit and that character within the team you know um, but can he go on now and can can he go on and, and obviously push Celtic Celtic need a little bit of help um, they've had they've had a couple of injuries but take nothing away from the job that Clement's done you know in a short space of time if you like he's gone and won a trophy mm-hmm. but um, you know when you, when Clement's talking about trebles and not maybe uh, sorry titles yeah. Maybe you say not this season, but if if that is not a warning sign for Celtic, when the opposition manager is is, is pointing out he may win uh, titles, he wants to win titles. Listen, you've got to respond to that. You you've got to you've got to react to that comment and say no, you won't. While I'm manager here, I'm going to make sure I go to the board. I'm going to bring in the right players to suit the club, to suit the way that I want to play. And I'm going to get them on the pitch, and I'm going to I'm not going to stop you from winning titles. That's what the way that Brendan Rodgers will be thinking. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy, tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! It's the Go Radio Football Show with our friends at Global Eco Energy. Great to see some of our friends there in here today at the studios. There's a real Christmassy feeling in here, John, isn't it? It's yeah, getting ready. Is. Yeah, I love Christmas, yeah. Paul. Are your you girls know. excited for They are, mate. Yeah, yeah they are yeah. excited. Um, the in-laws will come down and I think the sister-in-law and her partner and the kids will come over because um, I've got the biggest kitchen out of the well, lot hey, of us. Of course so you have. Yeah, I might we, have yeah. to be a host once again. Oh, so, yeah. Are you a cook, John? Um, no, my wife just clears me out because I'm just, I'm a picker. <laughs> I might just grab yeah. a little spud or a bit of meat or something. And she's like, get out of the way. Yeah. And so I just move out of the way and I just uh, called up and I enjoy my Christmas dinner, mate. Would you do it at home with the Hartsons, a bit like the Kardashians or whatever? Or I'm trying to think of football. Beckham's. Did you watch the Beckham? I did. Yeah, I quite enjoyed good, that. I thought yeah. you came across very well. Yeah. Um, 
wasn't sure about her, but I thought he came across <laughs> really well. Um, but <laughs> no, sure, you really, it, was really good. it was a good program. <laughs> yeah. It was a yeah. good program. Yeah. I, I bumped into him a couple of times. Obviously, played against. You played him. against yeah, them, didn't you? Age, yeah, yeah. 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 You, you were in it, John, when That's his, right. his first game exactly. back after yeah. That's right. the France yeah. '98 when the country turned on him, and I think he was playing at Upton Park. Wasn't yeah, he, he was his first game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember my sister had bleached yeah. my hair and all that. That's right. That's why. That's why it fell out, Paul. So easy. But no, that was great. His first game back as Mark said yeah and I think the West Ham fans you know left him with no name that day and he yeah. was obviously yeah. struggling you know mentally with everything sure. else with being but, sent off yeah. against Argentina wasn't it um, so I remember sure. yeah it was really really hostile there West Ham could get hostile anywhere against anybody but yeah. that particular day they were also they were ready to line him up do you know it's hostile waters I'm afraid for Steve Cooper that journey is over he's been there for quite a time he survived a few Potential sackings, Mark, but the Nottingham yeah. Forest boss has gone this evening, as you know. Yeah, Steve Cooper, who took over from Martin O'Neill um, a few years ago and got, got them uh, promotion, got yeah. them up, kept them up, uh, but he's lost his job. All accounts, yeah. Nuno Espirito Santo is flying in, Paul, for talks sure. with Nottingham Forest. And of course, the, the former Rangers director of football, Ross Wilson, is in a similar role at Nottingham Forest, so he'll have a, a bit of say in what happens. I wonder... If we're just joining the dots, uh, if Nuno Espirito Santo does get that job, does that open the door for Jota to go there on loan in, in, oh. in January, given that Santo signed them for the for the Saudi Arabian club? You that's say that, though, Mark. That's a good yeah. shout, but I don't think he played him at the ah, Saudi, right. yeah. you know, the Saudi Arabia Pro sure. League. I think that's he true. was one that. Hence a lot. He was behind almost pushed aside, that. Yeah. wasn't he? Although yeah. paying yeah. twenty five yeah. million for him, wasn't yeah. it good that you put a kilt on it there by getting Martin O'Neill? <laughs> I know he's not uh, Scottish, but it's always great in journalism. Nineteen games, yeah, well Martin O'Neill had yeah. Roy Keane, um, and um, Steve Cooper came in. Yep. I'm going to win the title. That's what Philippe Clement has promised the Rangers fans. He's not saying it's this season, but my goodness, the title race is on. And for Celtic, how do they change the atmosphere? How will they? get the thunder back there at Celtic Park for this weekend because Mark I heard you saying Celtic Livy top v bottom it should be well Celtic are favourites how yeah. do you change it for this Saturday well they need to go, to go out and show it Paul um, you know regardless of what the manager thinks of the quality in the squad Callum McGregor's also been on the record this week he's saying that the, the, the manager the players need help they need proper players through the door uh, in January but that said Celtic should still be good enough with the greatest respect to go and beat Livingston and beat them handsomely uh, on Saturday you've still got Matt O'Reilly you've still got Carter Vickers you've still got Joe Hart you've still got Kyogo you've got Maida back fit you've got Callum McGregor you've got David Turnbull you've got uh, Palmer so there's more than good enough to go and win that game and, and put a statement out to get things going in the right direction ahead of the Rangers game if Celtic don't win on Saturday Paul uh, it's maybe more deep rooted than what we think the problems, whatever the problems are, because if you can't, if you can't beat Livingston in that Steve League games without a win, that's a serious problem. John, yeah, and I, I fully expect them to to um, I, I expected them to bounce back when they lost away to Kilmarnock. Such a poor defensive display, and uh, they slipped up against Hearts. Take nothing away from from Shankland and his Hearts team. Um, what about that free, the free kick, Stephen Kingsley? Yeah. John, it was twenty seven yards out. Brilliant strike. Fantastic, yeah. Brilliant. He can do that, Stephen Kingsley. You know, he's a, he's a player that can do that. He's done it before. But, um, you know, for me, they've got to bounce back and, and beat Livingston and then Dundee and then obviously you've got the, the game against Rangers then on the 30th, which 
which will be a real test, I think, for both clubs. I think Rangers coming to Celtic Park and obviously uh, Celtic, you know, obviously will be slight favourites because they'll have all the supporters. Um, and it's just whether or not one or two of these Celtic players that we have had a go at, maybe criticised, you know, saying that they, you know, they're not maybe as good as they think they are, that's an opportunity then to put people like myself and one or two other pundits, you know, prove them, prove us wrong that they can play against a good side, they can play in a big derby, they can play when three points means so much. You know, this is what you're looking for. And I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will be, you know, will be drilling it into the players. Going to be some game, but a lot could happen between now and then. Paul is on the line, a big Rangers fan. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Um, hi, guys. Thanks for having your show tonight. It's brilliant as always. Good to have you um, on. You'll be happy after Sunday. Did you celebrate long into the night? Oh, brilliant, Paul. I've been related for 12 years for that trophy, so it might only be the League Cup, but I think psychologically, as it's proven in the past, that, that, that cup can give you that momentum, and particularly for a team where we've got quite a few players that have been maybe and, and I'll admit I'm one of them that's been on their back for quite a bit of the season so maybe this might give them a bit of a G and to be honest to, to put Betis out top the, the group and then to win the cup on Sunday I think it's been a brilliant week for Rangers to be honest so mm-hmm. I'm delighted but I'm I'm going to be a wee bit controversial tonight I suppose yeah. it's not to create arguments with John or anything like that it probably is but on you go <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just came out and I'm not being disrespectful right? I'm being a I'm a, I'm a, a past Rangers fan, right? But just came out. Hey, come on, Paul. Yeah. Now, Brendan Rodgers came out May time, I think it was, or when he came back to Celtic, and he said, "Look, for all the doubters out there, come back here in May." And, and that to me alluded of, "Well, come back here in May and you'll have a trophy." That's that's what I alluded to. Now, there's a wee bit of maybe arrogance keeping in with Celtic, and, and listen to what I'm saying. They've dominated Scottish football for the best part of twenty years or something like that, right? And now the tide's changing. There's a generation of Celtic fans out there who are used to seeing Celtic winning. And that's maybe coming to an end. But I think we've got a real good top quality manager in Club One. He's going to test Rodgers. He's going to test him. Brendan Rodgers came out a wee bit of time ago just before Club One was hired and said, maybe Rangers could go for Denny McCarrie. He was saying all these sound bites and I'm thinking, look, you're talking about a rifle there. You don't necessarily do that in Glasgow. I found that a wee bit disrespectful, in my opinion. What was right, um, that? That first well, that's one. Not, that's yeah. not having to go at me, Paul. That's yeah, having no. to go at Brendan Rogers. Surely, yeah. Yes, criticising Celtic. Jo- John, do you, what, what do you want Brendan Rogers to when he's signed as manager to stand up and say, "Listen, come back in May, and Celtic are going to be second top of the table." Because um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't have any issue with that. The manager of either club, you would expect to say. I'm here, especially they were defending the title. What do you expect them to say? But John, well, what, people what, people say things. Do you know what I mean? People say things, and then and then, and then they, they they say things, and they put themselves out there, and then obviously you end up either being correct or you end yeah. up with egg on your face. But Brendan Rodgers obviously felt at the start of the season that that he had a good enough team to go win the league, and a lot of p- people did. A lot of punters did. A lot of people did when it was Michael Beale in charge. But all of a sudden, Philip Clement's come in. He's done a remarkable job in a short space of time. They topped the they topped their group in Europe. They've gone and won their first trophy of the season. And from me, you know, an ex-Celtic centre forward who spent five years there, he's done a magnificent job. You know, I've I've, I've gone on record and said that. 
in, in he's, he's gone on a brilliant run. They're playing good football. They've got some real good threats in the team. I like the boy Seema out wide. Yeah. He's, he's made the defence a little bit more solid. Um, and he's saying all the right things. You know, he's saying all the right things, not getting carried away. And we've said it many times in here over the last couple of weeks. There's a race on now. Celtic now have to, have to go back. And, and reset and go again and prove that they are the best team in Scotland. Although Rangers have just nicked the first trophy, you know. So, Paul, listen, mate. When Rangers do well, I'm first to congratulate them in Europe, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and as I said, mate, people say things. Clement's come out today and said we'll win the title. He's absolutely within his rights to say that. That's yeah. given his team confidence. You know, he'd rather managers and and pundits and come out and say things than to sit on the fence. But the thing is, when you say something, you know, you're either going to say, oh, yeah, nobody congratulates you and, congratulates you and says, say, well done on, on, on obviously saying that. But if you get it wrong, okay. everybody gets on your back. Mark, that... I, I yeah, no, in a second, Paul, you've said you thought Brendan Rodgers was bordering yeah. in the arrogant because he said, come back in May. Paul, Paul oh, said that. Yeah, yeah. He, he's saying that Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. Right, remember when I, he I signed. I don't think because yeah, exactly. Paul, it's a, it's a, so what is Brendan yeah. Rodgers to do? Stan, yeah. listen, this is a great job. The club have made me the, the highest paid manager in the club's history. But by the way, I don't think I'm going to win the league. Yeah. <laughs> it's Philippe Clement to say on the back of riding high. Listen, guy, you're doing well, but you know what? I don't think I'm going to win it. That creates a bigger headline. That creates negativity amongst your your own supporters. So if Paul the caller is coming on and having a wee pop at Brendan Rodgers. That's fair enough, yeah, but sure. Brendan Rodgers would rather have that than have 60,000 of his own fans on his back yeah. for saying, well, if you don't think you can win the league, what the hell are you doing here as your manager? Get out. And Paul, Paul also, yeah. when, when Brendan right. Rodgers is saying things like that, then that surely has to lift the, the, the Rangers players to prove him wrong, to say, oh, look, this guy has been yeah. really... Okay. Listen, I think all top managers, Paul, and all top players have that little bit of arrogance about them. Okay. It's, it's as it comes across, really. When you're, saying, when you're saying arrogant, I mean, not arrogant in a bad way, but they all have to have that. Graham Sooners, Graham Sooners had yeah. that arrogance because he knew he was sure. good. Confidence. You know? yeah. Right, Paul. I, I think, no, listen, I, I don't mean arrogant in a bad way. I mean, complacent. Yeah. Right? That they think maybe it's sealed up. I'll go back to like, Peter Lowell's comments, and that's coming from Celtic fans. People I know, mates, they mind that are Celtic fans who are saying, there's these throwaway comments that are made at AGMs and other things of, we've got 72 million pounds in the bank, blah, blah, blah. We don't win titles with the money in the bank. You only have to look at Rangers getting tired of playing final with two and a half million pounds in the bank. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, sure. Paul, I feel in a way you've just won the League Cup and you said, I know it's only the League Cup. I'll tell you what, it's one of the three great trophies in Scotland, right? So you've won it. You've taken the ball in football parlance. I think you've played it 30 yards back instead of saying, why are you worrying about Celtic and whatever Brendan Rodgers said? You're giving them a run for your money, your team, on the park. Don't worry about what Brendan Rodgers, who's paid a lot of money don't to worry, Celtic. Don't worry, Paul, yeah. about what anybody oh, well, thinks or says. Yeah. Let him in. Oh, you know, oh, you, let him in. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Paul, sorry. Uh, I saw it. I said, I, no, you're 100% right. I, I came on your show a wee while ago and I said, the test for me, for Brent, uh, for, I talked about Brendan Rodgers, that much of the times I can't get his head out, but I mean, his name in my head, Philippe Clavon, yeah. I said, the, the test for Philippe Clavon would be 
winning the cup on Sunday, which he's done, yep. and then going to Parkhead and having a result at Parkhead. And I'm, I'm not exactly. just talking about a drop, Parkhead. I win. I think going for the jugular and saying, right, let's win. Walter Smith did it. Walter Smith took a depleted yeah, sure. Rangers team. So do you believe now, December 30th, you're up for it? Are you going to be go top of the table? Oh, 100%. I think we've, we've got to go. I think, come on, okay. style. Don't get me wrong, we've been quite a few games as well. We're, we were forced against Aberdeen, but... But that's then, that's then. Paul, I need to go to a break, John. I need to go to a break. because you said that. John, I need to go to a break. We'll come back in a moment. Paul, thanks for that call. Back just after this. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! Lively start to the programme tonight. Rangers have won the first trophy of the season, the League Cup at the weekend, 1-0 against Aberdeen. On the line now, speaking to John Hartson, Paul Cooney and Mark Guidi, it's Shug on the line, first-time caller from Toll Cross. Good evening and welcome, Shug. How are you? No bad. Hello, how are you doing, Paul? Yeah, good, thank you. you good to hear you. Yeah. Good, thank you. Uh, just, be, just before I give you my point, uh, just to John, I'd like to say, John, I met you one time in, uh, way back. It was just after Seville. It was yeah. at Birmingham Airport. All oh, right. And, uh, yeah. I had a wee, a wee quick hello with you. Obviously, I don't remember it, right? But, mm-hmm. but I never got a chance to tell you when I bumped into you that that goal you scored on the road to Seville against Liverpool. I've still got stint knees <laughs> with a knee slide I've done in my living room oh. <laughs> right down in front of my telly. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, mate. I've done, done a better knee slide than Thierry Henry that <laughs> night when, you, when that ball hit the net. Oh, yeah. You didn't have your best suit on, did you, when he was doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that one. That must have been you. one of your best moments, John. One well, it was. Many. It was yeah. because we were under the cosh a little bit and that obviously that made it 2-0, yeah. um, which... Which that was it then. I think we were never gonna Liverpool. We were never gonna come back from that, you know. Um, so to go down there and win two 0 at Anfield in Europe under the lights. You're now you know. Thompson. Is he fifty any time now? Isn't yeah, he? I'm going yeah. to his fiftieth yeah. birthday. It's party a surprise this. one, so don't tell oh, him. Right? Yeah, sorry, yeah, Tomo. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I'm no so, messed up. There. Sorry, nah, not at no, all. I think no, we'll no, be no, fine. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, going around the world. Thank you for that, <laughs> Shug. Shug, what are you thinking? Eh, there's uh, Paul, the Rangers fan, there saying, um, "Well, we love getting people's opinions." What are you thinking about your club? Well, here's what I'm right? It's like, there's a Stuart's inquiry out there now. Selig have lost a couple of games there. And, you know, that's what happens. There's a Stuart's inquiry. People start questioning this, that, and the other, the team, Brendan Rodgers, etc., etc. A few weeks back there, uh, I've got even mates, I've got Rangers, mates that are Rangers supporters, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and they were wanting to hang Rangers out to dry. Yeah. And they, they were all saying Rangers are that bad, they're going to finish seventh or eighth in the league and all this kind of stuff. So it goes up and down. It's wee swings and roundabouts. There's, there's nothing to worry about, right? As far as Celtic's concerned, in, in what in 23 seasons, Celtic have won 17 titles, right? And they've one of the titles is they practically handed it to Rangers because they made a complete pig's area themselves, right? So they've been dominant since the Millennium Bug arrived in the scene, right? <laughs> now. They've won four, five trebles. I've lost count how many trebles they've won. I've lost count how many doubles they've won. Will Rangers win the league again? Of course they will. Mm-hmm. Will they win a Scottish Cup and a League Cup? Of course they will. They'll pop up and win a league or win a cup or this or that or the other. They might even get an odd double here or there, whatever. But 
the point is, and the fact is, that they will not be the dominant club in Scotland. Because Celtic are far too, they're light years in front of them. For the top of the house, right down to the guys that sell the pies and the bottles. They've got everything in place. They've got money coming out their ears. They've got infrastructure. They've got recruitment. Everything, you name it. Middle management, board, everything. As I say, World Rangers nick a cup here and there and win a league title. And the Rangers fans will come and think that they're back. But we'll just come storming right back again and go and win three, four in a row. Or win another treble. But Rangers, Rangers will. They will win a league. Are they going to win it this year, Shug? Is it going to be this year uh, for Rangers? Coming up to Christmas, and it'll maybe all hinge in the old firm game coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Selig won that it'll send out a message you know mm. but it could maybe go either way this year aye possibly okay. it could go either way aye that's the truth Mark I'm looking at you first uh, end you've covered it for many years Shug talked a lot of sense there I don't think we can say that the pie pies are better or whatever but I know exactly what he means look at this the club 70 odd million in the bank in the summer and they've got 30 million this week well you know over the European campaign what's Shug saying what do you think of his summary yeah, I mean, it's fantastic to have money in the back. It's, you know, the, the club, you know, is really good at that. It trades very well. But, but, but a lot of that's down to the supporters, Paul. Supporters put their money in and you can't take the supporters for granted. And supporters, I think, uh, many that you speak to now, Paul, I'm sure John's the same, I think they're fed up feeling like they're getting rinsed for Champions League every season in terms of the money that they have to pay out and where's the investment to go in to the club. So... Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of money in the bank, but I'm sure Shug would agree. He'd rather see trophies. And what do you want to see come May, Shug? Do you want to see Celtic with 70 million quid in the bank, but not the league champions? Is that what you want to see? I don't think that's what Brendan Rodgers or any other uh, supporter would want to see. I think they'd rather see 50 million in the bank and a 20 million pound spend next month if it brings the title back. Uh, sorry, keeps the title in East End of Glasgow. I think Shug makes... Yeah, go on, go on, Shug, go on. Sorry, sorry John. Go on, can mate. Just say, Mark, see, like, see, like, see, the money uh-huh. that Selig have got at the disposal, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, for me anyway, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? You've got one edge of the sword that says, we've got a ton of money and we can do this, that and the other, right? The other side of the sword says, the other side of the coin is, is that who wants to come to Scotland? It's not like they're going to go out and buy a £10 million player. Because they go out and buy a £10 million player, that's, I don't know, in, in today's market, I don't know, that's seventy or £80,000 a week wages. They're not going to do that. They're not going to pay that. So you've got, you've got all this money, but you've got to buy within a market that's, you know, manageable within the wage structure of the, of the player pool. Yeah, and I think so we, we, we mentioned that. World, we mentioned yeah. that, Shug. Five yep. or six minutes ago, the yep. kind of market that look at Jota, look at Carter Vickers for six, seven million pounds each. They're not on seventy grand a week. They'll be they're within the structure of somewhere probably between twenty-five and thirty-five um, grand a week. So what I'm saying is, I think uh, the manager and the supporters have had a belly full of the two million pound project signings. Yep. They've had a belly full of it. So if you ask the manager, you want another ten. Two million pound players in in January, or do you want three, six, or seven million each? It's a no-brainer. But the answer would be, and that, and that is the right answer: get three proper players in the door. John, 
Well, Chag, I, you, you make some good points, mm. um, but I think as well that because Celtic have been so dominant and because they have raised the bar so high domestically, um, there is an expectation um, with with the support that because they want to keep winning, they want to keep Rangers down there, if you like. When you've dropped 12 points, like, like Celtic have, in what, 16, 17 games this season, and being so poor in, in dropping them points, losing at home, drawing at home, going out of the cup early, losing away to Kilmarnock in the league. Okay. I think what happens is, mate, I just think that when they lose games like that and they drop points, there's a little bit of panic that sinks in. And you are right. Maybe we should be a bit, a, a little bit calmer around the team and maybe trust the manager. But he can only work with what he's got. Um, and if if the club are not backing him, then I think he should be doing a little bit more with the players that he has at his disposal. Um, and that's when his, you know, his, his managerial skills come into it. Uh, like but, he's done with Liam Scales, which he's done with Scales, but Scales yeah. was Scales was there. You know, Scales was on his way to Aberdeen. One of the reasons Scales yeah. came back at Celtic because they, they were struggling for centre backs. He was one of the only fit centre backs sure. that he could possibly play. Did brilliant at Ibrox, mm. so that was a bit of a one-off. And Scales taking that on, he's been brilliant, Liam Scales. But that that is my point. I just think a little bit of panic sink, sinks in um, because. You know, Celtic have been so, so successful. Um, that's what I think anyway. Chuck, where do you want to see the club strengthen then in January? Which positions? Oh, take your pick. I'd like to see another striker in. I'd like to sure. see a striker with John Hartson with a bit of muscle, mm-hmm. with a bit of, with a bit of, a bit of upper body strength. Yep. Kyogo's okay, but, you know, you need somebody up there with a bit of strength, you know, somebody with a bit that can, that can rough up a defence a wee bit, you know. As, as well, because that seemed to be the, the secret formula with Hartson and Larson. Larson was a—he was a ninja. He was a wee nippy guy. And Big John and, and Sutton—they were the—they were the, the strength. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think so it's a great point, Chuck. I think that's a great point, and I think that's kind of required all over the team. I think Celtic are very, very short in physical presence, on stature, um, on height. And obviously you've got to have ability. It's no, you know, there's no point in saying somebody six foot four and seventeen stone if he can't play the game. <laughs> but you've got to go and marry it up. And I think if Celtic don't address that kind of thing as well, uh, you can see you can see Rangers out muscling them. Shug, how much are you missing the Green Brigade? The noise that comes from there. I'm not getting into all the politics and all the rest. They do some good things. They do some things that need to be cut out. But the atmosphere is different. Right. See the Green Brigade, right? I would. There's always a spokesman for them, or somebody mm-hmm. is going to be their mouthpiece, right? I would say to them, because what's been going on at Celtic Park for decades, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll be blunt about this, right? You can sing all the Irish rebel songs you want, because we've been hearing them all for decades, right? You can shout and ball about yeah. sack the board and hold banners up and sack the manager. You can do that. But just don't bring politics into it. Yeah. I don't want to hear all this Palestinian nonsense and all these banners and all that. And, I, and by the way, I'm not interested in all that carry-on that they betrayed the garden when the Queen died. Yeah. Right? We don't need to bring the royal family in there. I'm not interested in that. Sing every song ever written. I don't care what it is. Shout and ball about the board, flag players, carry on. But drop the politics. That's it. Yeah. 
think a lot of people would agree with it. They do a lot of good things, but also football was the release for people, wasn't it, Mark? To get away from it all and go and support your team, whichever yeah. your team is, and for 90 minutes or 100 minutes, enjoy it. Yeah. But don't bring every other issue yeah, in the world and, and, and into and important also, issues, but yeah, not for uh, the football I, I would ground. disagree with Shug in terms of, um, um, you know, just sing whatever song you like. I think Celtic, the Celtic songbook, if you like, there's some fantastic songs mm. in it, Paul, that really bring Celtic Park, or, or yeah. it's got the, the capability to bring Celtic Park alive. Sing them songs, sing the songs that the players can relate to. And you see, no political... No religion, just good Celtic songs that the fans can sing that really lights up Celtic Park. And I think that's been missing. You know. Sing in the morning in the mine, and you stood in his own. He weighed six yeah. foot five, he weighed 245, and Big John. <laughs> Big John. Big bad John. Sing more of that, Shug. <laughs> there you are, takes you back to Birmingham Airport. Shug, are you going to be singing a Celtic song at the weekend, the game of Livingston? Have you any doubt? Oh, surely they'll be able to take care of Livingston. For God's sake, come on. Yeah, we need a good run. Yeah, we just need to get back on the bus and we just need to get a good run in now and look forward to welcoming Rangers to Celtic Park. And that's that's a huge one in terms of confidence and morale, momentum, everything. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Celtic to bounce back, win the next two, and then obviously uh, the big one then on December the 30th, mate. Shug Tollcross, first Go time. On. Great to hear you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Shug. Cheers, thank you. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. Thanks for making the switch. This is Paul Cooney with the Celtic, Arsenal, West Ham United, West Bromwich Albion and more. Luton Town legend John Hartson along with Scotland's finest. Mark Guidi is here, former chief football writer of, well, just about the best-selling newspaper in the land, West End Times. <laughs> no, I Mark remember Paul. the West End yeah, Times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, no, yeah. you went to the Dizzy Heights. Oh, John, he had the best job in journalism. Sunday newspaper, so he worked one day a week. He's got the best job now, running my charity. Yes, indeed, yeah. Yours and Chris Boyd's as well. Yeah. We should get those two up together. What do you think? Would that be a good one night when Barry's away, maybe? Maybe get Chris on yeah, with John. Yeah, Get great. a real dust-up, because certainly he does, he's a dust-up, doesn't he? Uh, on Sky at the weekend. Tomorrow night, it's going to be Barry Ferguson, who'll be here at five, along with Stephen McGinn. And Falkirk, of course, sitting top of Division One, top of the Championship, of course. It's Wraith Rovers after that big win against Dundee United at the weekend. And top of the table, if you've just tuned in, it, it is Celtic, but listening in recent days, the Celtic fans are unhappy, as you would expect, after two defeats in a row in the league but a really good win against Feyenoord strange week last week wasn't it with Celtic winning against Feyenoord so four points in the Champions League in yeah. Europe and then Aberdeen winning and Rangers as well the following yeah. first time Mark in 21 20, 22 years the three Scottish teams in Europe yeah. have won same night yeah it was great yeah, it was as Celtic kicked it off uh, the first one in the Champions League um, in a few years it was important to, even though it was, a, it was a dead rubber pull mm -hmm. 
it was important to, to get the three points financially um, as well and then you know Rangers kicked it on with an incredible result uh, in Seville to go on top uh, that table you know it, it really was they started the section with a brilliant win against Batiste under Michael Beale and finished it off with a, with a great win the other night and for Aberdeen theirs was a dead rubber but to go and beat uh, Eintracht Frankfurt uh, 2-0 was a credit to, to Barry Robson and everybody at Aberdeen too is there rammy going on between the two clubs off the field about mm. tickets or the lack of tickets for the game on December 30th? We'll touch on that next. Before that, though, uh, speaking to the media today was Philippe Clement after the celebrations of winning the Cup and he gave an update on the injured players. Uh, no, I don't have a time scale, but uh, a few days. This is speaking about Sefuentes and Ryan Jack. What's the timetable around them? The time scale, but uh, a few days ago we thought it was worse. Now we get a good reaction after rehab, so I hope it can be in. Uh, yeah, that he can be back before the winter break. Let's say. And Ryan Jack, uh, that we will see if it's before the winter break or not. That's really tight. Mark, it sounds like Sefuentes could be back for December 30. Yeah, it's, it sounds that way. It sounds quietly confident, maybe not so much um, about Ryan Jack. And what you don't want to do, Paul, even though it's a massive game, you don't want to risk these guys and setting them back, you know, four or five weeks. Even though we're going into a winter break and, you know, most players will get, you know, eight, nine days off, then go to a, a sort of mini, mini training camp ahead of coming back for the, the, the Scottish Cup uh, ties in January. Um, no, you, you, you won't risk... Um, anybody and if the guys are fit Paul Philippe Clement doesn't need to I mean what a bonus he's found in, in uh, Sterling um, playing in, yeah. in that role John Lundstrom's really hit the form um, that, that he produced uh, when Rangers got to the Europa League final uh, that season so you know Philippe, Philippe Clement's I don't think got many concerns there I think Mark's right I think when you're when you're winning games as well and um you know, the injuries are not that much of a concern because yeah. he's just seemed to be coping with them. Um, he's got a good 13, 14 players there. If they were losing games, you start blaming certain players for not doing their jobs and you start talking about, oh, if he came back, I need him back quicker. And he... But obviously when they're winning, um, I feel it's not too much of a problem. But still, you know, uh, injuries, you can't really do much about injuries, can you? It's part of the game. Mm-hmm. Mark, got a, did you say you got a, a bargain in Sterling without going to tell a good trick? That's an old gag for uh, it was a, an advertising thing, John, when you were touring the world as a top player. It was always, it was Dougie Dummy, wasn't it? It was Dougie's always a tell a good trick. Back to <laughs> Philippe Clement. What was his message to his players after winning the League Cup? That we, we stepped back in our marathon. So we had its two sprints last week. Uh, and we step back in our marathon and it's about uh, seeing now who's, who's sharp, who's good. Also to see it's, it's five, five games in, in really short time. Uh, so it's impossible to do the five games with the same players. And to make the right choices and let the players uh, show themselves towards me, towards my staff that they are ready to play. So he's loving life, of course, two months since he arrived. Brendan Rodgers was glad to be back in Glasgow and could well win a double, can't win a treble. But uh, Paul, the caller, was on earlier on, a Rangers fan enjoying the weekend, but also saying, you know, Brendan Rodgers saying, come back in May. And he thinks, as he should as a Rangers fan, that the trophy could be going to Ibrox. So Celtic fans, what are you thinking? Um, You're going to defend the title which is the biggest one and Mark was telling us it's up 25% next year because it's no longer league you get an extra two games at least and that's an extra more than £5 million which is between 35 and £40 million bear in mind you get what less than £3 million 
from TV money if you win the league in Scotland. Mm-hmm. It's huge, absolutely massive. Brendan Rogers, yeah, we heard the noise at the weekend. He wasn't happy. He's taken the responsibility. He said the levels were nowhere near what he expected, but he said, look, there's a long way to go. Yeah, listen, there's a long, long way to go, of course. So, um, as I said, there's there's so much more to play for. Um, but certainly what we've seen in the last week in the league, away at St. Johnson here today, we... Uh, We'll need to you know, bring our game to a completely different level. And uh, we'll hear more about that game as the days go on. We're going to talk about it now, John, because Rangers issued a statement this afternoon. So the news today is that uh, Rangers have hit out at the SPFL and at Celtic after being denied away tickets for this month's derby, the old firm, the Glasgow derby at Celtic Park. So... Here's the statement. I'll read some of it. And Mark, the Celtic one has come in in the last uh, few minutes, half hour or so. So I know you're having a look at that. Rangers say, despite winning a case put to an SPFL board subcommittee, Rangers with extreme disappointment will not have any supporters present at the game. The subcommittee agreed with Rangers that Celtic's stance of providing zero tickets was unreasonable. Despite the fact that the subcommittee agreed with Rangers, the subcommittee was unwilling to determine what a reasonable number of tickets for the fixture would be. Try 5,000. Rangers are not saying that, but common sense would say to both clubs, something like that. This is the kind of... Mark, you can tell, I'm fed up with this going on yeah. and on, tit for tat with the two of them. Sort it out. And we're talking here about 800 tickets. Anyway, back to the Rangers statement. Um, Rangers' position has always been clear. We want away fans from all clubs at our stadium and wish for that to be reciprocated when we travel to other clubs' grounds. The decision calls into question the effectiveness and highlights the procedural defects of the SPFL Rule 127. So they then go into, you know, they're not happy with the SPFL. They say the club will consider its position before participating in any further SPFL-led hearings. We know there's been a history of the, you know, a bit of needle between the bodies in recent times. So Rangers are not happy. They wanted, I think, the 800 or so tickets, um, but they're not getting it. And you can see they've put forward a case and the SPFL considered it, but but have ruled in favour of no fans being there, which is what Celtic wanted. What are Celtic saying about it? Celtic have released a, a statement. Paul a couple of quotes, and 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 you know, um, Celtic are saying, given the recent serious safety and match day issues which our fans have experienced at both Ibrox and Celtic Park, Celtic's position on this matter has been very clear. Celtic welcomes the opportunity to seek resolve, to resolve these important issues and it was a hearing for which the club was very well prepared. We are pleased that the subcommittee recognised the importance of safety and match day experience issues in considering the question of a reasonable allocation for both fixtures. While respecting the ongoing process, Celtic stands by its decision not to allocate any tickets for away supporters for the match on December 30th. Celtic, they say, will continue to focus on the importance of safety and matchday experience issues, looking to address reasonable allocations at Celtic Park and Ibrox from next year in a responsible manner. That gives us hope, or does it, Mark? Are those yeah, yeah it, it, it gives us hope yeah. that you know that there's yeah. a, a willingness um, for for dialogue. Um, but it, Paul, I think I said in the, I've been seeing the program for a few months. I don't see it anytime soon getting back to being. You know what? What we would regard as a reasonable allocation, which would maybe be you—you've you, said five thousand. It used to be between seven and eight thousand, even three thousand. Paul, okay. I don't even see it get to that. So if you can't get to that, uh, then I'm all for um, the stadiums for each um, uh, derby game 
being just full of of, of home supporters. Yeah. Remember, this was an action that started with Rangers when Dave mm -hmm. King was in charge, and it's led to where we we are now. Now I can understand Dave King's reasons for doing it. Um, however, it was kicked off by him, and we are where we are now. Mm -hmm. And um, if Celtic feel, and there's no doubt that Celtic have received um, um, complaints um, from their supporters in terms of their safety, and Celtic need to be respectful of that and mindful because that Celtic's paying customers. Mm -hmm. That's who the lifeblood of the club who support the team. So they need to take that um, on board. John, as a player, you're the only person in here who's played in so many of those games. I know you enjoyed many of them, not all mm -hmm. of them, but the atmosphere was great. It must have motivated you, your own fans being there, but surely seeing the Rangers fans as well. Yeah, I, I think it's um, since Dave King came out and said that they will be slashing uh, Celtic's allocation when they go to Ibrox. As Mark said, that, that kicked it all off, didn't they? And then Celtic responded to that, rightly so. And then since then, it's been less and less and less supporters being allowed into the games. What I would say, though, it's... I would love to see the allocations be in that, you know, full strength in terms of Rangers bringing five, six, seven, however, I don't yeah, know how many sure. it takes behind yeah. the goal at Celtic. Um, and obviously Celtic going away at Ibrox because there's nothing better. You know, I've, I've played at Ibrox several times and, uh, and the, you know, the colour, the noise, yeah. the, the singing, the support yeah. as well that you get um, when you go uh, to Ibrox in terms of knowing that all you know, so many Celtic fans are there as well, and Rangers would would, would think exactly the same. And I hope that um, that that both clubs can come together and get back to that, and get back to the the old days where you know lots of people spoke about this big game. What yeah. goes all around the world, and you want the away fans in the games. And I'm not too sure if I was a Celtic fan and I was only given, uh, if, and yeah. my club was only given. Five and I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go because of the respect for all the other fans sure. that are missing out. I think it's. Um, I don't think it makes an awful lot of difference if Celtic have got five hundred fans. Ibrox and vice versa. Um, there is a safety issue, and there's a safety I, issue like, well, like Mark sure. read out yeah. as well. There, obviously, of the club are, yeah. are really concerned sure. for the, for their supporters, and that's for Rangers fans coming to Celtic yeah. and Celtic fans going to Ibrox. The fans are not treated well. They've got to be there what two hours before they're kept afterwards for an hour, and then what goes on during it. It's, just, it's I not, don't think it's a pleasant experience it's anymore, not, Paul. I think not. it used yeah. to be, you know, because you felt part of it yeah. you could make a contribution towards your mm -hmm. team. That's all been diluted. Mm -hmm to the point um, where it is now and do you know what happens you end up if you get a handful of Celtic fans going to Ibrox or a handful of Rangers fans going to Celtic Park it ends up another tit for tat yeah. and we, we were subjected to this so we were subjected sure. to that I can understand Rangers that they've fought their corner for their supporters because they wanted the 800 allocation whereas Celtic didn't early in the season so I get Rangers frustration yes. um, in it that they're not going to have any fans um, there at all and again it looks like another fallout between Rangers and the SPFL they're clearly very unhappy uh, with the game's governing body the way that they have handled uh, this whole uh, episode so more of a fallout to come on that I think and they play for the Loving Cup as well Glasgow's Loving Cup at New Year and there's not a, lo a love being shown there between the two clubs they should sort this out and John some people coming on many Celtic fans agree with you Rangers started it Celtic at the first game Celtic followed suit and they reduced it in my view Celtic should have taken the, the upper ground and said I'll tell you what you're still welcome at Celtic Park and it would have been the spectacle live on TV to the world the Rangers fans welcome at Celtic Park Celtic should have been bigger 
and they weren't. There well, is, that, you're entitled uh, to your course, opinion, yeah. but we had this discussion yeah, we did, before. Know. We, yeah. we, you know, we had yeah. uh, a strong discussion yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah. But when it comes from, you know, um, Dave King, the Rangers chairman at the time, yeah. um, and then he decides to make such a huge sort of issue of this, mm. I think that Celtic were fully within their rights then to say, I know you said they should have been the bigger club, the bottom, play the more, yeah. yeah, this, that, and yeah. the other. But I don't think, what what on earth did you expect mm. Celtic to do, mm. having been told that they can't, uh, or, or can only take a limited amount of fans to Ibrox? I, I just think Celtic mm. followed suit, and I personally thought that was mm. the right thing to do. And you've got to respect the fact that Celtic had nothing to do with this. Mm. Yeah, sure, of course. You know, they had I, nothing I to do with yeah. this. It was Rangers that... So, you know uh, that put sure. this in place. And I'm not saying be am the, I right, Mark? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I'm not yeah. saying be the bigger club. I think they just stood back from it and said, "I'll tell you what, you're welcome at Celtic Park. You are welcome. It's worked for all those decades. Everyone talks about it, biggest uh, derby in the world. It won't be when. And look what happened when Celtic won there, Kyogo, just a few months ago. Seems a long time ago now. There was silence, mm. and Celtic confounded the critics, and Kyogo scored, and Celtic enjoyed the day. But it's just, it's not the same on it's television. Not, it's, it's, yeah. it's not the same, Paul, and I, and I can't. You just I can't, can't see how it comes back one ground, to where it you? was. You can't just have this atmosphere at one ground. Well, you you've, could, got, you've got to have it at both grounds. No, you could. You could do it. They chose not to do it. They could have done it. Celtic could say, you're welcome. Yeah, but you're not going to yeah. agree to that. Huh? What do you think? A, I'm not asking you to decide. No, no I, both, I, I, I just sides, think yeah. had Celtic... Uh, said at that point yeah Rangers you can still have your 7,000 allocation yeah. you know, the guts of what we call the Rangers end yeah. um, uh, then they'd be leaving again the board the hierarchy would have believed themselves open to all sorts of criticism from their supporters because when the decision was made by Dave King in the very first instance yeah. not to allow Celtic fans in to, to, to drastically reduce uh, that allocation yeah. remember it was for a full season Paul because mm -hmm. they sold season tickets for in there yeah. so it wasn't just for one game um, had it been for one game Celtic was well, you know what, we'll go and try it and see but mm. they knew it was for a season it was for both games at Ibrox so I think he put Celtic into a corner and, and I sure. think that's the only way they could have responded was to follow suit it probably would have been sorted by now mind you wouldn't it it would have been one way or the other they would have said I'll tell you what let's get this sorted it's going on yeah it, it, another thing as well I know it's not all down to the SPFL but just sometimes just, and I know our effectively our, our clubs are the decision makers yeah but we do like leadership. Oh, sure. We really do. Absolutely. James is on the line from Governor Rangers fan. Hi, James. How are you doing? Yeah, good. You? Ah, no bad, no bad. Um, on the allocation, Paul, I'm quite oh. happy, um, you know, the White has just no, no away supporters. Um, yeah. Because then we can't moan about who damaged whose toilets and who's mm. no paying the bill mm. and all that kind of carry on. Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? And it, it makes a policing issue a lot, a lot easier. But that aside... Yeah. For years, I've always been unhappy with the allocation at Parkhead because I, I don't know the measurements of the front of the Broomland stand, mm. but Celtic fans have always had a bigger meterage to look at look on the game. We always got a, 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 a bad triangle where we're a dozen supporters at the front, pitch side, and then it fans out and gets wider as it goes up. So we've not got the same allocation on pitch view as Celtic have always had. So they, that, that's a noisier, bigger crowd, mm -hmm. and it's a lot, a lot more visible on the TV as well. Anytime the Rangers fans run over, or the Rangers players run over to that corner to celebrate, all you can see is a dozen fans. So we're not getting represented properly 
or put in a wee corner. And if anything help and safety happens in that wee corner, you've got all the Rangers fans that have to go into the pitch through what twelve seats. It's it's not right. So I'm not, I think we should just as it is just now, maybe they should wait to beat each other's stadium and that's it. But maybe can moan about it. James, okay. I, I disagree with that because I don't think you've got twelve seats at the front. I think you've got the corner bit and you've also got to stand inside that corner bit. Whenever I've played against Rangers at Celtic Park, you've got thousands and thousands of supporters there. You might be right in terms of Celtic at the lower tier and the upper, upper mm-hmm. tier of the Broomland Road stand. But I also yeah. think as well, what you're saying about Rangers fans, I think you get ampler fans in the corner right the way back and then you get another further stand inside of that. So I think there's there's more than enough supporters there to make a noise. I've, I've played in them games against yeah. Rangers. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying um, you know, about the, we don't have enough supporters. The amounts know that the, amounts know that the issue. It's the action, position. It's, yeah. it's pitch yeah. representation. You know, okay, yeah. may, maybe it's no 12, maybe it's no, 30, sure. yeah. maybe it's 40, I don't know. Yeah. But if you count okay. the meterage from one corner flag to another, you count the meterage of that, we don't get the same meterage, we don't get the same pitch representation for our fans for the TV rights, you know? Mm-hmm. But we'd hope they could sort it. James, can I ask you before you go, on the allocation, so when Celtic came to Ibrox and Rangers fans went in, what an atmosphere. But then, when the opposition score, I remember the Rangers fans then, I know they were unhappy with Michael Beale and it was all beginning to turn. Some of the fans were having a go at each other. Do you not think that could affect you with no Celtic fans in your ground? I mean, for our, our, our players are big boys, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. they, they, they can go away, you know, in all sorts of hostile grounds and play football. They're yeah. professionals. They know the Celtic boys, Rangers boys, yeah. you know. They all know what their job is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether there's fans there or not, it shouldn't affect them to be in their job. Sure. You know, and, 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 and if an atmosphere, you know, a, a, a stadium full of the opposition supporters frightens you, you shouldn't be your clubs. Yeah. James you must be pinching yourself the way it's turned in the last what two months under Clément um, are you going to win the title? Well uh, again Paul you know there's, there's too many people you know um, running their mouth up and then uh, yeah, sure. back to stab you in the back you know but yeah. I mean like Clément says we have to take a game at a time and then see, see where, we, where we are you know I'm happy with the progress the guys making you know it's, it's no longer do we think you know, Philippe uh, Clement's going to be a joke. He's, he's done enough jokes. Yeah. He's done enough, you know, in the past, what, 17, uh, 14, 17 games, whatever. So the facts are there. The guy knows what he's doing. Rangers are in good points. And we're, we're all just looking forward to the future. And Balligan and Sterling, people that you wouldn't have mentioned a couple of months ago, they're on fire. Well, Sterling, I, I, I didn't realise that that boy was a rocket. I mean, I, I was at, uh, at Hamden. Sunday and mm-hmm. when that boy that at all, I mean he can shift, you know. I, I think that you should give him give him a bit more chance, you know, get him on the ball a bit more because he will run defenders ragged by that pace. James, your voice sounds all right because last night some of the, you know, Craig Moore, I think he was struggling a wee bit. Were you celebrating? Well, you would be until when? Well, I, I don't drink, Paul, so after the match is done, you know, I, I, I do all my, I do all my you know, shouting in the house and, and, and in the stadium, you know. That's great. I like a lot, a lot of my pals, they get, in, they get in drink and they, they last three or four days. <laughs> I, 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 An old-fashioned bender. Yeah, that's the best way. That's exactly it. I've got, 
I'll get guys no turn up for luck. You know, after an, an old firm game, so you know. Name names. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, listen. Uh, no. That's not a good call. Good call no yeah. headache, John. That's great as well, isn't it? Yeah, Be responsible. I think James is yeah. right with regards to Clement. You know, he's very, um, he's very thorough when, when when he speaks. He knows what he wants from his players, and and James is absolutely spot on. You love this question, Paul. Are they going to win the league? Who's yeah, going to win just, the league? Because yeah. you've got to get the show flowing as you yeah. do really well, but. James is spot on. I think Andrew's to be the same. Is there's one game at a time, sure. you know. Apart from the League Cup, no, no league winners' medals get handed out in December or January. Anything can happen in this game. Look at, you know, look at the form Rangers are in with Michael Beale. New yeah. managers come in. He's turned everything around. And for me, there certainly is a, a title challenge this season. James, good call. Cheers, Thanks so James. much. Cheers, James. Cheers. Cheers. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! This time tomorrow night, Barry Ferguson will be here along with Stephen McGinn. It's all hotting up in the Premiership, in the Championship, First Division as well. I wonder who is going to come up. And Stephen McGinn will talk to him about Falkirk and Hamilton. Big win for them. For Falkirk at the weekend, are they going to come back to Mark? Probably the rightful place higher up in Scottish football. You'll remember what twenty years ago they were Premier League. Falkirk, yeah, yeah. I remember the old yeah. Brockville. Yeah, uh, I mean, what a stadium yeah. that was too. That was a tough venue to go and try and get and get points. You know, they they, they get the smashing team at, at one point. I think a Jim Jeffries there, and there was Simon Stainrod and Yogi oh, Hughes and mm. and yeah. Mo Johnson and 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 guys like that. So uh, yeah, they they had a right Mo Johnson, uh, yeah. right good Mo Johnson with a short spell at Falkirk. Yeah, wow. well um, remembered. That's yeah. hard to believe, isn't it? So, Not Celtic uh, Rangers. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Neil McCann, Stephen Prez, I think wow. were, were, were there too for short spell. So yeah, um, yep. Falkirk, great result for them at the weekend, and. Um, yeah, I think they'll get promoted, Paul. I think they'll be in the championship next season. I can remember playing against yeah. Big Joe McLaughlin there. Oh, yeah. Big Joe, yeah, yeah. I came up with Luton for pre-season. I was only yeah. 17, 18. David Pleat just put me in the squad just to give me a bit of experience of being around the first team, yeah. I think. We stayed in the Sterling Highland Hotel, which uh -huh. is at the top of the oh. hill, isn't it? In the Sterling. It is. It is. Yeah. I've stayed in it. And then we yeah. played Falky and Big Joe McLaughlin. I bumped into him a couple of months ago because I think he's in and around... Falkirk all the time yeah. in, in the director's box and the um, Big Joe. and we were on a bit, a bit of a laugh together yeah, yeah he was getting his move yeah, to, Big Joe. to Chelsea uh, Davy Weir started at Falkirk as well Big Davy wow. yeah so yeah it's been a a good uh, good breeding ground good, some good managers um, there as well Ian McCall a really good spell that's true um, John Lambie yeah John Lambie didn't go well for him there oh, right, okay. didn't go well take uh, that out the for, podcast I'm telling you he's doing really well <laughs> my old my old Norwich teammate yes. Ian Murray Maza, ah, yeah, he is, Ray he? of course he's flying they, they yeah. look like they might come up and John Ian, I know I you, you were teammates yeah. with Ian of course yeah, yeah. Teammate, yeah. Oh, yes. spend the afternoons in the room Punting our brains out most yeah. of the day. Is that right? Yeah, because yeah, we yeah. were both. We, you know, I, I was certainly anyway. Sure. But yeah, this is but, betting. Um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. you don't do absolutely, now, John. Which is absolutely no, brilliant. All, John, yeah. I know. I wanted to ask you anyway. What about Tom Lockyer? Everyone at the weekend got mm. such a shock when he went down the cardiac arrest. Luckily, the medical staff did really well, and you know everyone's hearts goes out to his family. Yeah. But thank goodness that um, he recovered. They acted very, very yeah. quickly, didn't yeah. they? Uh, Reminded me a little bit of um, in the Euros yeah, when, Ericsson, when Ericsson, yeah. nobody knew what to do, did no, they? And yeah, all of a sudden, you're right. seeing yeah. ambulances and and um, you know and and yeah. people running on the pitch. And um, but similar to Tom Lockyer, he's done really well and all. He's he's captain of Luton, yeah. 
Um, he's, he's a Welsh international and this is the second time now it's happened. It happened in the playoff final against Coventry um, back in May there and now this is the second time. Um, so you don't know where it, where this leaves his career, Paul. I'm, I'm sure yeah. he'll make a full recovery. It's just a question then of whether he's allowed officially, you know, medically to carry on or he'll make the decision himself. But... Uh, you know, I hope he makes a full recovery first and foremost, which I think he will. And then we have to see then whether or not he, he is allowed yeah. to carry on and what Luton think about it, what him and his family think about it. Because for this to happen twice, you know, is uh, sure. not very good for him either as, as a professional footballer. John and Oliver sends all the very best to him. Back here, Conor Goldson, Rangers, what, vice-captain, isn't he? He admits that the players didn't trust one another before Philippe Clement walked through the door. He said, I'm not going to disrespect any former manager of the club, but we were in a bad place. The confidence was low, and when you lose football games, that always happens. There was a lot of pressure from the fans because we weren't performing week to week. But the new boss has come in and given us belief again. And, of course, that was yesterday on the day when Michael Beale is back in football, and uh, he's following, ironically, Mark, it's... Um, Tony Mowbray at Sunderland. So yeah. Michael Beale, I see he said that he took a lot on when he came to Rangers and with the changes, he was so much involved in the recruitment. But that's the way he seemed to want to, to be. Well, he certainly he, he didn't complain about it at the time, Paul. You know, he seemed to, he always wanted to use this line. I want to sit down and look players in the eye. And so he wanted to get about it. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong sure. with that. Yeah. But I, I said in the programme, Paul, if you want to, I think he spread himself too thinly. Yeah. And therefore he should have been out on the training ground um, gelling his new players gelling a team finding a partnership I mean he never found what his best striker he signed half a dozen uh, strikers still had Kemal Roof and guys like that um, as well so he spread himself too thinly he lost focus on what his main job was which was to be the head coach and win games of football and ultimately it cost him his job but he'll learn from that he'll learn from that experience there's no doubt he, um, he will but it just goes to show particularly when you're a chasing club, as in Rangers are trying to hunt Celtic down, um, you need you need the right people in place in the right positions uh, at your clubs, particularly when you've got an inexperienced manager. Yeah. And remember at that point when Rangers hired Michael Beale, he had less than 25 first-team games as a head coach. So you put all that into the mix, it was no wonder he failed. Do you know the thing I found strange when Rangers played PSV, remember the first leg? Uh, earlier this season mm. was at Ibrox the qualifiers for Champions League and Rangers did well and he said I hope they don't underestimate us in the next leg and I thought well why would you say that's quite naive don't you underestimate me well you know, just go under the radar and go yeah. over and do what they did the year before where they turned them over in the you know the, yeah, they got the, the return leg yep. John but we don't want to kick somebody when he's down but Michael Beal back yeah, in football yeah, again well, Tony Mowbray yeah. um, um, good talker Michael Beal two good talkers mm in the game um, he's got a great job you know Sunderland um, still getting huge crowds um, he's got Coventry first up that's yeah. the first game your that's old right, team yeah. John. so for yeah. me you know, yeah. he's got another opportunity as Mark yeah. said he's got an opportunity to um, but, to right sure. a lot of wrongs that he, he might have you know QPR of course. Yeah. Rangers maybe the Rangers job was a bit too big for him too I think soon. Rangers yeah. thought well because he was a huge part of when, when Gerard obviously stopped the 10 I think a lot of Rangers fans thought that Michael Beale played a huge role in yeah. helping Gerard do that. 
as a, as a close assistant manager, yeah. they gave him the job and maybe it was a bit too big, but it proved to be too big for him, didn't yeah. it, ultimately? So, listen, he's back in the game and, sure. and I wish him well. Good, Good luck, luck to him. And of course, Rangers lifted a trophy at the weekend and he took them well on the way to win that, to, the to semis, be fair. Yeah, yeah so, to the semi-finals. Yeah. Credit where credit is due. Nat Phillips says short-term loan with Celtic will not be extended. The 26-year-old will be on his way to Liverpool. Um, Celtic reached out to Stum Gratz in an effort to revisit. This is uh, today in Football Scotland. A former transfer target, Simon Voldarczyk. They're told the 20-year-old's value, he's a striker, has skyrocketed to around 15 million. Now, if they are looking for that money, it's not to say it's what it will be, but it's what you said, both of you. I mean, the prices now are crazy with yeah, the money. He's not prolific, Paul. Is he not? No. no. I mean, okay. he's, he's, so, he's, he's getting a good reputation, but he is not prolific. Okay. Shanklin. So, talking Rangers, Lauren Shanklin believes speculation about his future is a sign he's doing his job well and scoring goals. I think he's so. Good striker, you know, he's, 13 he's, goals, John. He's, yeah. a, he's a Hearts player mm-hmm. and he's scoring goals. He's really enjoying his football and he's saying the right things. You know, he can't say, I'd like to join this club or that club. I'm sure his you know, his management team are working in the background to see, also talking to Hearts with regards to, is he available? What what would they have to pay for him if he becomes available? But at this moment in time, I think he's respecting the club that he that he plays for and by banging in the goals, that's only going to create more interest. Although some Hearts fans are not happy because he put a like on social media. Mm-hmm. So I read Rangers that, went I read there. That this so, morning. I, I, yeah. You know, with things that I can understand, Hearts, you know, he's a yeah. captain of the football yeah. club sure. and... Uh, if it was him, sometimes it, exactly. people can hack if into it him. Was. So exactly. I'd, I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt and say if it was him. But if it, if, if that's accurate, as captain of Hearts, he shouldn't yeah. be doing that. Good caveat. Will he be at Rangers? Will Majewski be at Celtic? It's The story goes on and on. And who is going to win the title? <laughs> I'm not asking you just now, John Hearts. Don't leave the studio. <laughs> game Don't. by game, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Another wee bit of managerial news, on, Paul. Yeah. Alec Neil, of course, oh, the yes, Scotsman's manager yeah. of Stoke, sacked last week. Yes. And Stephen Schumacher from Plymouth Argyle has taken over as Stoke City manager, doing oh. a really good job at Plymouth, making a good name for himself. Listen, you hear it here first and go radio. On the football show, as long as Sky News is on, we're, we're okay. Now, of course, Mark's got extensive uh, contacts around the world. Let's hear from Philip Clement. Looking forward to the game tomorrow night as Rangers against St. Johnson. Uh, a hard battle. I saw the game against Celtic. Uh, they made it a hard battle. It could have been 2-2, one moment. Very well-organized team, a lot of power. Transition play, set pieces. So, um, yeah. A big test also three days after this cup final. Big test also about mentality for my team to see after the satisfaction what they deserved. And I told them also they had to enjoy Sunday evening. How fast can they switch? Because that's for me uh, the top top sport mentality. The really winners, they, they switch really fast. They can be really happy. But the next day they are back in this uh, in this winning mode to to focus again to have concentration again their body is prepared so in that way it's a, it's a really big test yeah home game tomorrow night the Rangers fans they're going to enjoy that John when you come back you know you've just won a trophy I guess that might come out just beforehand they'll show it and then St Johnson but Craig Levine has done a remarkable job hasn't he since he took over what four or five weeks ago he has. he's done a yeah. great job hasn't he you know a lot of people's eyes were raised when mm. Craig had been out the game uh, for mm. so long I don't know quite how long it was but 
Um, you know, St. Johnson have decided to uh, go with him. And he's done ever so well. He's, he's got them, you know, from around about the bottom, yeah. relegation places, mm-hmm. and they're really pushing on now. But I think somebody with that experience as well can only mm-hmm. be good, you know, for your, for your football club. If he's got one or two coaches in yeah. and around him that want to learn and want to get out there on the training ground and, and obviously coach the players, I think that's always a good thing. But no, nah, you're absolutely right. I think he's done a great job since uh, since he's took over. And going back to Rangers, yeah. tomorrow night the crowd will be electric there, won't it? Ibrox, you know, delighted after the, the cup win at the weekend against Aberdeen. Um, and obviously the, the the previous week as well, beating Betis, going through in Europe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and you know, good things are happening at Rangers mm-hmm. at the minute. You can't deny that. You know, the manager's doing great. Goldson's coming out and saying that they were all um, didn't trust each other mm-hmm. and that the players weren't particularly um, doing the business under yeah. Michael Beale. Mm-hmm. They were losing games and um, but winning games, Paul. That that creates spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't yeah. you can't have a great spirit in the dressing room if you're losing games. Mm-hmm. The only way you get that and character and spirit is by winning. You cannot tell me any team that is losing all the time, losing big games, there's good spirit in the team. It's not, it's nonsense. The only reason you get good character mm-hmm. and spirit amongst each other is going on a run of winning games. Mark, tomorrow night people will be desperate to play, I guess. You know, the big squad, they've had yeah. injuries, you know, they're not going to have Zafuentes, they're not going to have Jack. But it's almost as if there's other people, you know, appearing, like Sterling, for example. Mm. Uh, Keeper back, yeah. Yeah. Yep, but, scored the, the, the winning goal last week in uh, Seville. Paul, that, that, that's what you get. You know, there's mm. nobody hiding. And again, you think back to, you know, 10 weeks ago, uh, the atmosphere, uh, Barry Ferguson, former Rangers captain, said it was a disconnect between the fans and the players. The atmosphere was toxic. Uh, players being booed Cyril Dessers I think every Rangers fan un- under the sun would have hunted them out the club if they could have <laughs> that day Sam Lammers he's probably still to win them um, over James Tavernier was getting it tight Connor Goldson was getting it tight the only guy who wasn't getting it was probably Jack Butland and a couple of young players like McCausland coming in I think gave them a real breath of fresh air and a and a bit of hope um, but it just shows you as John said Paul winning games is what it's all about you can dress it all up whatever way you want but ultimately it is about winning games of football and it doesn't matter how you do it look at Rangers on Sunday wasn't a pretty performance by any manner of means but they won the cup and that was all that mattered winning yep. keeps mm-hmm. everybody off your back that's what Martin O'Neill used to say to us yeah. if you win mm-hmm. you're okay if you lose you're there to be shot at mm-hmm. winning games breeds confidence and spirit and it keeps everybody off your back a few people have been on Rangers fans saying, does this remind you of when Martin O'Neill was doing so well at Celtic and uh, it was Dick Advocat and then Alec McLeish came in and Rangers had a great season. So Mark, you'll remember that well. So with John, he came John, in to Celtic, yeah. but uh, that happened to two of them. So we had two strong teams, Rangers and Celtic. Yeah, uh, Martin O'Neill had to break the Dick Advocat's uh, dominance and he did so. And then Alex McLeish had to come in and get a tune out the the Rangers squad and and he did win two two cups in his first season, took over in the December, won both cups. The title was over by that point, Paul, by the time that Alec came in. Uh and then the following season he won a treble, even though some will argue it was one of Celtic's best seasons in, in mm. twenty five years when John was part of it, getting to Seville, etc. etc. But ultimately Rangers won the treble that season. So there was Alec McLeish and his first two seasons 
five trophies out of six. Quick break and then we're back. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Design your bespoke solar PV system and meet your energy needs with no upfront costs. Let's go! John Hartson on fire here tonight, 999. John's on in great form, John. Um, I enjoy it, Paul. Thanks. Yes, good. good. We get good company as well, Mark, and he worked with Barry and Craig and and a few of the guys, you know, so Andy as well. So it's great coming yeah. through, mate. I enjoy the show. Thank you. Leanne as well. We're talking about Leanne the fact as that... Well, yeah, of sure. And all of them. You better mention Peter Grant. You mentioned everybody. Graham Dorans will be on later in the week as well. So a couple of managerial casualties south of the border. Not here... Uh, in Scotland today. Mark, what have you been thinking? I asked you last night, Derek Adams. I mean, freedom of speech is important. So, mm. And he was obviously, he lost a goal right at the end in the game at the weekend and then said it was rubbish, terrible game and the standard of football. And he compared the performances, the ones that he's seen with um, Morecambe in the fourth tier in England saying yeah. it's a hundred times better. Right, clearly, I don't know what it m- must be like, Mark, but you're there. Managers are well, uh, you know, yeah, emotional. I mean, but yeah, yeah what he, did you he, think? he is emotional. Yeah. Derek Adams has got that yeah. in him. You know, if you look through his, his history, he's got that in him. And by the way, I think he's a really good manager. You look at his CV, yeah. he's a good manager, but, but he is prone to just you know fly off the handle. That's why managers need to be very careful. Because as you know, Paul, at five o'clock on a Saturday, what a manager says sets the tone. That's a message to the supporters. Now, how Derek Adams can assess Scottish football in three weeks, I don't know. So right away, I think you, you, you'd be, you'd be um, a lot of other managers wouldn't be happy with what he said. I think Malky Mackay would be raging. I think more than anything, it's a slight on Malky Mackay and what he what he said. Yeah. How do you know if more comes a hundred times better? That's hypothetical. It's a hypothetical argument, so it's really difficult to 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 back that up. So you can knock that one yeah. uh, down. The players in that dressing room who got him back-to-back wins and, and his first one in charge, did they really deserve that? Um, after that kind of performance, probably not. Uh, and then with Roy McGregor as owner of the club, would they be happy with your manager coming out in, in that fashion and with a scatter gun all over Scottish football? Um, probably not. So I can get Derek's frustration. He's been angry. The quality of the game um, wasn't great. Um, but just to take a scatter gun like that, and um, I think if I'm Malky Mackay, I'd be very, very displeased at him. I think it's hypocritical as well because if he didn't really know what he, you know, if he thought that, then why would he come and manage in the? Uh, yeah. And that's a that's a Scottish Premiership team. So if he thinks that about the Premiership, what does he think about the Championship and League One and League Two? What 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 is his feelings about about the level at at that at, mm-hmm. the, at those clubs yeah. and, and them leagues? So. He, he would have known what he's coming into and it's okay taking the job uh, there, there would have been lots of people in for that Ross County job take the job re- respect the, the level of, of football up here um, and I don't I think he'll come out and apologise Paul because um, a lot of people would have been really really surprised with his comments um, because as I said he took the job he knew what he was coming into well walk away then tomorrow if you're not happy Good point. What about tomorrow night then? Let's look at Aberdeen against Livingston. John, what do you reckon are the Dons going to bounce back? I mean, they competed all the way on Sunday. Rangers deserve to win it, don't think? Yeah, they set. beat Hearts yeah. as well, Aberdeen, the week before. Yep. Didn't they? And they did well in Europe against Eintracht, as Mark mentioned earlier. So what are you thinking tomorrow night? Um, 
or Livingston are having a poor season, mm. aren't they? At Bottom the of the table. Yeah. I, I think Aberdeen, I think they look to mm. bounce back. I don't think they've played really badly at the weekend. Yeah. They didn't create an awful lot. But um, I think I think Aberdeen will beat Livingston. And so I'm going to go 2-0 Aberdeen. Yeah, Livingston haven't scored in seven games, Paul. Um, and I think Aberdeen, as much as they'll be, they'll be disappointed... But Sunday, I don't think there'll be a major hangover. And they need to win games as well. <laughs> Look at Aberdeen's position. They're in a perilous position uh, down there. Aberdeen, I agree with John. Aberdeen, 2-0. I meant to say to you a moment ago about Philippe Clement. He was asked about the standard of Scottish football. So Derek Adams has only been in for, what, a month? Mm. Philippe Clement, two months. What does he think? That it's really comparable with the Belgian league. And I think if you um, if you want to compare, you need to look also how teams perform in Europe. I don't like these uh, bold sentences after a deception and then compare everything and throw everything uh, in one bag. I think there were, were already interesting things in Europe from Scottish teams. Uh, no, the, the league until now is, is what I expected from the league. It's really comparable with the, with the Belgian league and there are both leagues not with the most money. Both leagues that they need to be uh, smart, developing players, looking also to produce players. In that way, for me, there's one disadvantage towards the Belgium League for the moment in Scotland. It may be an interesting moment to talk about that. You see, of course, there are uh, a lot of teams fighting to stay into the league, so they are focused on results. Um, in Holland, a long time ago, and in Belgium recent years, they, they put the, the best on the 21 teams in the second league. And it helped also to develop the young players. If I see to our national team, uh, our golden generation, uh, Vermalen, Vertongen, all these good players, and several others, they played in second league first, in the second team of Ajax. Or in uh, Vertongen played in RKC in second league before they went to, the, to, to the, the first team of Ajax. Same is happening in Belgium last couple of years. And you see, because of that, you have better development of the young players. Because for the moment, I don't think that enough young Scottish players give, are given chances because of the, all the pressure on the story to stay in the, in the first league. can be an interesting one for the future, I think. Quite considered. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's if you want to... You know, like Derek Adams, don't come out at full time when you've lost a game. You know, you, you've got to take emotion out of it. You've got to remain calm and focused. And uh, I think Derek Adams let himself down in that front. But interested to see if he does apologise. On his character, I'd be surprised if he does. I'd be surprised well. to see him double he's, down, he's but fortunate. hopefully he doesn't. He's very fortunate to come back into a, a, um, a Premiership club. A well-run club, isn't you know, it? He left them before, yeah. by the way, to go to, I think, was it Plymouth? Um, although he did well under yeah. Roy McGregor and, and obviously um, that was quite a while ago mm. now but to, to be quite flippant with it, with his um, with his comments um, I think he might be regretting that now especially years when he hears Rangers man and like Clement yep. managers speaking uh, like that um, okay. so yeah I think he'd be disappointed with his comments maybe if, if he's arrogant enough he, he might he might continue to say well I meant every word mm. we just don't know do we Confident in his uh, convictions, maybe. Mark, what are you thinking tomorrow night? There'll be, what, 50,000 at yeah. Ibrox? Rangers against St. Johnson. So, Real buzz. Yep. Real buzz. Uh, Paul, a good game, night. do you think? Some goals? Yeah, it's got the potential. Yeah. You know, St. Johnson will be feeling good about themselves. Um, clean sheet on Saturday. 
a good three points wonderful goal from, from Graham Carey a really yeah. really good mm. left foot strike although as I've said many times about Hibs under Nick Montgomery self-inflicted taking far too many gambles in and around their own penalty box but tomorrow night Rangers will win the game Paul it's they were given a real opportunity a couple of weeks ago when Celtic dropped points at home then Rangers were going to Pataudry and, and they, they failed that test albeit they nicked a point but ultimately they failed the test they won't fail tomorrow night I think Rangers now sense Philippe Clermont and the players and supporters they actually are genuine title contenders whatever you want to look at it Celtic's there for the taking whatever way you want to dress it up but Rangers can go on they've got it within them Paul to go and become league champions in May and it starts tomorrow night John what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I think Rangers will win the game. Um, I'm not too sure. I think they might have been, in, without making excuses, it was a terrible performance against Hearts, but sometimes when you win a big game and everybody's excited and you get over the line, it takes a lot out of you. I don't think that'll be the case. I was going to say about the Feyenoord win yeah. and then the Celtic uh, losing against Hearts. Yeah, sure. You know, sometimes it can be a different atmosphere, yeah. a bit flatter, because mm-hmm. the stadium was rocking three days before. But that's not an excuse I don't think that will happen at Ibrox tomorrow after the big 4-0 of winning the League Cup on Sunday. Um, I think they'll win win the game. I I think Craig Levine will set St. Johnson up as best as he can. Um, And I think Rangers will win, but I don't think it'll be a drub-in. I don't think it'll be a a 3-4 or 5. I think think Rangers will win 2-1. The manager spoke about Dijon Sterling, who has been a revelation in recent weeks. Impressed is maybe not a good word because then you you didn't have that belief before. I think if I yeah, my my English is not that good to to go that much into detail about words. Um, no, I expected from him what I saw in the training, and I uh, I told the club already that uh, he's going to become a really important player for the future. Will he start tomorrow night? Well, we'll find out. Barry will be here. We'll get his, but well, we'll get the team news as well, along with Stephen McGinn. Celtic, the game's going to be Livingston on Saturday. Um, Brendan Rodgers, after the defeat at the weekend, spoke about mentality. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mentality. It's, it's, it's an ambition and a drive from within uh, and a spirit that, that keeps pushing you. Like I said, you get guys like Callum McGregor, who has this incredible mindset, and you see him today. He's having to play two or three positions to... Uh, in order to, to look to get the team going in the game. Um, but that's something that comes from, uh, from within. And um, we, uh, we, need to, we need to activate that. John, are they going to activate it? Well, they have team? to. They yeah. have to bounce back, don't they? You know, they've had an awful couple of weeks losing two league games. Yeah, the European game was good, yeah. but they were out of the... It was only a great uh, result for the, to finish the group really well. But um, they have to. And as Brendan says, the players have to take responsibility if, if they want to try and get back in this. Yes, they're top of the league, but they've got to keep winning. You know, they've got two games before the Rangers game on December the 30th. They've got um, Livingston and then Dundee. So they've just got that mentality. I think he's right what he's saying. But it's down as well to the players who take to the pitch. Are they good enough? Can they play well enough? We'll find out. Scoreline, what do you reckon? I think Celtic will win... Um, 3-0. 3-0. Mark? Celtic on Saturday? Yep. Yeah, Celtic 2-0. Mark, thank you very much. Two Thanks, nights Paul. running. Thank you. Pleasure. John, Cheers, Paul. we will see you next week. We'll yeah, hear from brilliant. both of you then. Thanks so much. Thanks, Barry's man. here tomorrow night along with Stephen at five. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! 
Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.